Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Internet Hour. If you can believe it, this is the sixth time that I have recorded this podcast. Like, okay, no, it's the hundred something time, but I, my last episode was on, let's see, and apologies if I sound nasally, it's because I am, I'm sick as fuck, but not with COVID somehow. I don't know, like, rude since when do we still get sick and it not be covid but whatever um my last episode was when fucking april 24th i guess that's not as long ago as i thought it was gonna be but it's literally may what day is it may 15th at this point and over the past three weeks let's say i have recorded this exact podcast might be different now because i'm fucking exhausted from talking about what I've been talking about, but I tried to record a video version. No, two video versions. I tried to record an audio, two audio versions, one of which was saved, but there was like this obnoxious sound in the background, a fan or something from the place that I was in. And the second time, literally it didn't fucking save the first 30 minutes and the first like 15 minutes of the second 30 minutes. And it was quite possibly one of the silliest, goofiest podcasts I've ever recorded. So I was literally crushed and I had to take like a week off from recording because I just couldn't do it. And then two days ago, I tried to do another video episode and like, I can't even tell you nothing on the cloud wants me to succeed. I know it was Mercury Retrograde and now it's over. So of course this is going to go great and everything's going to be fine. And of course it's the one where my voice sounds like I snorted a million grams of something. And I just didn't. I didn't. I'm sick. I'm sorry. But anyway, the other episodes that didn't succeed were all great. And now they're lost forever in the ether. And I'm really sad. And I think I'm going to give up on video for a little bit because – it's not working. It's not uploading to my platform. And like, I don't look too hot. I know that's crazy. Like, cause I'm gorgeous and perfect and beautiful. And that's not what I'm even saying. It's just like the video is just like, as if we were on a zoom call and you know, that's not really the vibe. I want a full set. I want like shit to be popping. So maybe I'll just table that until, um, it blows up, you know, but Also, like, why did I get this laptop then? No, I'm just kidding. The laptop has been a huge fucking help. It's been so nice to view my little Google Sheet um, on it every day and organize my stuff. I have a whole tab for style. I've been saving links to things because I'm really trying to make more of an effort with my wardrobe and get everything, like, in a good spot where we're all, like, where where all of my items are good quality. They're going to last a while. Super cute. And they're not makeshift. Like I'm a good, I sew a lot, but I don't have technical skills yet, which I also like want to take a class or go back to school or something for. But I literally have ideas in perpetuity for things that I want to do with my life. I don't know if that sentence made sense, but whatever. Things that I want to do with my life that just like I have in the back of my brain that I don't know if they'll ever come true, but like they will come true, but it's just like if they'll ever come true this year, you know? Um, and so a lot of my clothes I've tailored and that's great. Like if you have something that needs a little bit of tailoring or whatever, but sometimes I, I like will try to make something new and I just like, I don't always give it my all for some reason. Like I don't focus, I don't measure twice, cut once. Like I'm measuring half a time and fucking going for it with my scissors. Like, I don't know. I need to be more focused and intentional about like making new clothes if I'm going to do it and make good quality, learn how to like bone things, learn how to do like fold over trip. I don't know. Just like learn how to do things the correct way so that it doesn't like make my closet look like I'm literally a monster. I don't know. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. What is happening in my life? Um, I came back from the Dominican Republic last week. I went on a trip with my girlfriends. It was so fucking fun. It was the relaxing time I needed. I took the time off of work 
didn't even pop in, didn't even bring my laptop, thankfully. And I just like relaxed. We vibed out. There were buffets, there were restaurants, there was a beach, there was a pool. It was my girls. We were giggling the whole time. Like it was just great. It felt really comforting and relaxing and exciting. And like it's kind of the first real trip we've taken as an adult friend group, even though we've been friends for like such a fucking long time, literally some of them since birth. Um, So it was cool to make it out of the group chat and like have money to do that and feel good about it and just all be there in our, in our bodies and like feeling good. And yeah, I don't know. It was just really nice. Um, We all got really, really sunburnt the first day because the UV in the Dominican Republic was like 13, not the whole trip, but like that first day or second day that we were there, the UV was literally like fucking on fire. It was as if the sun came down and like slapped us all in the face and on the butt. Like it was really crazy and not cool. So we all got really, really sunburnt and it was kind of brutal, not brutal, like we, it didn't stop us from having fun, but like we were in fucking pain and we had to go to the beach the next day and sit in the shade, had to go to the pool and sit in the shade. Like it, it, it took it out of us. I'm not going to lie. Um, and by the third, by the fourth day, we were all like, okay, like I couldn't do another day here because I would actually crumble into a pile of dust and not be able to get on the plane back home. But yeah, um, both plane rides there and back were pretty seamless. I can't lie. Learning that a plane turbulence is just like as if a plane or an object was stuck in jelly and you like touch it from the outside and it shakes a little bit. Like that concept has helped me so much because before I was like when turbulence would happen, I would be like, okay, so we're like crashing. Like we lost one of the engines a little bit and it's like we're hitting the bumpy road of like going to nose dive into earth. But now that I know the jello theory, like it makes it more palatable and easier to like tolerate because I'm just like, oh, someone's shaking the jelly. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking about planes just brought me to aliens. I've been listening to this podcast called High Strange with Payne Lindsay, who's one of my favorite podcast hosts. I know he's like not really in the podcast hosting um not community, but just like, I feel like there's like a fucking click of maybe like New York and LA podcasters. He's from Atlanta. And like, I've been listening to this other podcast called Normal Gossip. And there she has on like all these other podcast hosts as the guests that she's telling the normal gossip to. And I met with this other woman at at my actual real job who works in podcasting and audio. And she was like, yeah, there's this whole like network and click and like community and it's kind of small of podcasters who like get together and like are I don't know why is the only word that I can think of click anyway he's not in it this dude Payne Lindsay and I don't know what I was saying or why that matters but it feels like there's a little bit of distance between the like I don't know I don't know I feel like not that these podcasters who are clicking are like not doing it for the for the like um honor of solving something um this sounds so bad like I don't even know these people I'm shit talking them and I'm trying to be in their group like no I'm sorry I'm sorry you're all like good podcasters and you're doing it for a purpose and you have a purpose but also like you're meeting up for happy hours and stuff which I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but just that he's kind of like out on his little island um doing these weird things and one of them includes aliens and it's kind of a It's an interesting podcast because he's like a true crime guy, but like for aliens, there's no end game. Like there's no like, oh, I solved it. Like aliens exist. Like the podcast is going about it pretty much under the presumption that aliens do exist and just kind of like laying out the evidence and and historical experiences of alien encounters and UFO sightings and stuff in order for a reader or someone who's skeptical to come and kind of have all of this in one place. And it's kind of, I mean, I believe in aliens, super hardcore. So it's hard to deny uh, any of the evidence that he's presenting. But it's also like, I feel like the reason that there's no proof, I guess you would say, of like, whatever is in part because society is afraid and there's a lot of fear around like what does it even mean if aliens 
if we all collectively agree that aliens are real and they're coming to like visit us, what does that mean? Does that change the structure of society? Like does, what does it, what are the implications here? And then the second part is like, I think aliens, obviously they have the technology to like break the sound barrier without it creating a sonic boom. Like that's one of the parts of the podcast is all these sightings of this like Tic Tac, um, aircraft let's say that travels like a bajillion miles an hour and like goes really fast down to the water and hovers there and there's no windows or doors or like people or whatever and so i think it's like they obviously probably have some sort of technology that like prevents us from getting the whole all the way there of getting like any sort of legitimate undeniable proof even though there is legitimate undeniable undeniable proof in my opinion but yeah i don't know take a listen if you're into aliens um normal gossip i touched on that's a fun podcast if you haven't heard of it which i feel like i'm late honestly um but it's uh this woman and she gets normal gossip from random people like just like plebes like you and me and they submit they call her line or whatever or email her or whatever and they submit a piece of normal gossip about their life and it's like it can be it turns into like an hour long telling of this story so I'm just I'm unclear about how much information she gets but she like extracts all the or not extracts um takes out I don't know all of the identifying details so she'll say like a mid-sized city in the midwest or whatever and then like changes all their names but she gets a lot of information and a lot of details and then she shares it with someone else a guest usually a comedian or podcast host um of another fun show that and they together like talk about it and laugh about it and she asks them what they think i don't know it's just really good it's lighthearted. i'm always looking for like not an intense podcast since I've stopped listening to true crime, which has definitely changed my life. I think I've not changed my life in some like crazy way, but I've definitely talked about the low vibration of having true crime in your life and how it makes you paranoid. Um, so finding normal gossip was like a nice reprieve and I've listened to a bunch of them. Uh, what else? I guess this is just going to be like a podcast review. Um, intro i don't know i've been listening to ride a podcast with benny drama and mary beth barone who are my two favorites they had a um show last year called obsessed which they bleep out in their podcast it would be funny if i bleeped it out here but i won't so that you can uh maybe i will i don't know do i even know how to do that probably not but either way they got I don't know, canceled from, not, not like canceled, canceled, not like societal canceled, but literally like the show got canceled by the network for some reason. And they kind of, when they, since they bleep out the name, I'm assuming it's for some salacious reason that I would literally give anything to know, but, uh, they have a new podcast called ride in which each episode they talk about something that they ride for. And it's just shit that they like really fuck with. And usually it's like, Sometimes it's non-tangible. Sometimes it's like an idea, a thing. I don't know. It's a, also like a light and easy podcast to listen to. And they're best friends in real life. And Benny Drama is world-renowned on TikTok and um, Instagram for the parodies that he does of the Kardashians and other celebrities. And just together, they have the most like fun and cute and riffy friendship and banter and it's just like it makes me giggle like no other so I would highly recommend if you just need something light in your life okay I sufficiently wasted 14 minutes of our time together although it's never a waste when I'm with you <laughs> no, I feel like a radio host I have my my mic back and I have my like sultry voice although is it sultry or is it nasally as fuck and like mucusy I don't know but I just feel like we're here together. Like I'm, I'm Delilah. Um, does everybody know Delilah? I feel like it, you people, I feel like you do. Everyone does. I don't know. But then I was talking to Aquatil the other day, who is a prime person that I would, I would think listens to Delilah. And he said he has no idea who the fuck that is. But Delilah is this like radio host 
on like I want to call it trucker radio but it's obviously not I can't even remember the channel it's on now but she would be on for like eight hours straight and she would go late into the night and it would just be like she would take a call from someone and the person would be like I'm in a fight with my wife right now like I don't know how to tell her I love her like whatever and sometimes the people would be like I cheated or whatever and Delilah would be like you're scum no she wouldn't but she would be like I don't think you're the best person. I don't know. If you know her, you know. But then she would give them a little piece of advice. And then usually they would ask her to play a song. Like, oh, and this was our wedding song. Whatever. Can you play it? And it's like, it's so crazy that radio network of just like, you think your wife is listening. So you're going to play it for them. Or I don't know. I don't know what somebody should do like a psychological analysis on who the Delilah listener is and how these messages are communicated to each other. I don't know. Um, but it, it's so cute. And she was just, I don't know even when I lis- was listening to her. I don't think my mom was listening to her. My mom is like a WNYC NPR girly. But maybe it was like, I think I would just like randomly when I first got my license, when I was driving, I would like scroll the channels and maybe I found Delilah. But then maybe also my mom, I don't know. I'll have to ask uh, my mom what influence or what part of life Delilah had. That was in English. Um, You know what I mean. Did my mom listen to Delilah? I don't know. But she has a song. It's like, Delilah. Oh, that probably sounded so bad. Um, But that's okay. Anyway, yesterday was Mother's Day, which is a great holiday because I fucking love moms. I love women. And I love celebrating them. And it's so nice to get to see all your hot little moms like when they were in their prime without us pesky kids around. Um, It's become like this barrage of Instagram stories of people posting their moms. And I'm not not into it. I can't lie. Although I posted on Instagram yesterday this thought that was I've always kind of like in the back of my mind when I'm celebrating my mom on Mother's Day or posting on Instagram or whatever, I have always thought about like the complexities in relation in life in relation to motherhood, like people who don't have moms in their lives, whether it be in a strange relationship or through death, which is like so heartbreaking and like gut wrenching. And probably there are no words I could ever use to describe it. And I'm, I just, I don't know. I think about those people or people who have struggled, struggled with infertility and really want to be a mom on mother's day. And it's just like, I don't know. It makes me sad for those people that they have this day to like week sometimes with capitalism, like Mother's Day cards and commercials and like gifts and stuff are advertised so heavily in the week's week leading up. Okay. There's a cat. Okay. Um, in the weeks leading up to Mother's Day that just like, hi, Jackie. You're scared because I was a maintenance man. I know. That was scary. Go, Chucky. There's no one here. Yay. Hope you didn't poop under the bed. Nice. Um, sorry, I got distracted by the cats, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've leaned really, really hard into something that might make people feel bad. And same with Father's Day. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I bet it's fine and whatever. Okay. Let me move into the episode. I don't think we're going to do polls today because I don't know. I'm I'm like, I want to be talking about things that are happening now sometimes. And this situation is unfortunate because I've recorded literally five podcasts about this. So it's like, I don't know if what I'm going to say right now is going to matter at all or is going to be everything that I wanted to say because I kind of got my like rage out in other podcasts, but whatever. Okay. If you, okay, Squid, you're gonna have to stop hitting my mic, even though it's really fun for you. I bet it's not fun for the listener. Okay. The thing that I want to talk about, and if you're not into this, you can definitely skip. I'll try to put the time marker in the episode notes. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about Vanderpump rules because Currently, we have only the finale left, and it'll come out on Wednesday. 
Um, the finale comes out on Wednesday. It is the new finale, not the original finale that was slated to air when the season was being edited and shown before the scandal happened. And I'm trying, I feel like I've said everything so much that I have to remember to like re-say it because you guys haven't heard any of my thoughts. First thought about all of this, I am so fucking happy that we have, like I'm, okay, not happy for Ariana, not happy for the situation. It's disgusting. Tom Sandoval is heinous. Raquel is literally dumb as a doorknob and somehow managed to be diabolical and uh, like horrific person. But I am glad for Ariana's sake that we have documented the first month's worth of them hooking up and lying about it and doing these confessionals and lying about it and being so like doubling, tripling down in their confessionals that there's nothing going on. It's almost like we like not that she needed more evidence of how disgusting and gross they are, but just having this footage, knowing that they're fucking is so like satisfying as people, person, me, who's always kind of felt like Tom Sandoval is disgusting and manipulative and a huge liar. Like it's almost like if we didn't have this footage, he would be able to say like, I I don't know. He would be able to rewrite the narrative and say that he wasn't lying about it, like that he was trying to be honest, that like, I don't know. I don't know. Since we have this footage, it's, ugh, I don't even know what to say. I have so many fucking thoughts. Just, I mean, if you want like full recaps and full good, like in-depth analysis of these episodes, I would recommend So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I would recommend Comments by Celebs. Um, Bravo episodes, but just like high level, Tom and Raquel started cheating together beginning of August. And they go through August, maybe they're figuring it out, maybe they're sleeping together, maybe they don't know. End of August, according to Schwartz, he finds out. And which means they're, it's more than just like, we made out a couple times or we even had sex, but it was by accident. Like, and there, he's just, Tom Sandoval is so messy about it because he doesn't think that anyone would be like, he almost had the perfect setup of Ariana being her best friend too. And trusting both of them, trusting her boyfriend and her best friend. Oh, shocker. Like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to fucking live life. It's like, she's gonna have such big trust issues in the future because she was betrayed by two people very close to her. But he almost had like the perfect cover because he's always been that way with friends and had always been that way with Raquel. So it wasn't weird to Ariana at all. But I'm just like, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad he fucking got caught and that they could re edit. I'm just like, the joy that I feel that his plan was foiled, which his plan was to make it seem in August when he's fucking Raquel, he starts to cite all these reasons why he isn't sure he wants to be with Ariana. And it's wild because it's like, I hope that if we had seen this before we wa- before we knew about Scandoval, that we would have said, whoa, why is Tom like all of a sudden flipping, like going straight to like, I want to I don't think Ariana and I are good together and I want to break up. Like that, I think that would have been shocking to us. And I think, I don't know though. But like, anyway, he thought that by him laying this groundwork in August while he's fucking Raquel, laying the groundwork saying, Ariana doesn't really do much for me. I make her a fucking dumpling latte, which vomitar, that's so gross. Like, anything he says that's like cutesy makes me want to die. Anyway, he says that she doesn't like return the favor, which yeah, she's going through it. She like lost her dog, lost her grandma, is kind of obviously after this most recent episode having major like instances and issues of insecurity with her body, which just again goes to show that like you don't, you don't know, like all women are 
on some level struggling with their body image and we're all in this together and we need to be like kinder and uplift each other and etc but she's obviously like going fucking through it she doesn't have time to tend to this relationship in the ways that not even in the way just like she is not anymore what sandoval wants he is like excited by the thrill of cheating when he says what he wants out of a relationship like doing shrooms and watching the sunrise like dude get a grip like you need to like not i mean don't slow down if you don't want to it seems like he is very motivated by vices and like these extremes in life and ariana just wants basic normal things in a relationship cooking together taking walks like I think he gets, he's so excited by the, like, newness and, like, I don't know, these, like, grand forms of excitement. And I think Ariana was that in the beginning. Like, they did either emotionally or physically cheat a little bit together. She didn't, but he did. And, like, I'm sure in the beginning of their relationship, she molded a little bit more or he or she said, oh, he's bringing out these exciting parts of me doing shrooms and watching the sunrise and like whatever. Like and so he even though he's the one that's manipulative and kind of forcing or whatever. I mean, they're both probably at fault if you're like a woman changing a little bit for a man to make him like want to commit to you or like you more. I mean, that's normal. I don't know. But like she probably they probably just like got this wrong impression from the start of each other. And she, and so he was like excited by that and thought that that was going to be their life together. And maybe she thought like, okay, we're just young and crazy and stupid. Like this might pass. Although I think she knows, she knew all along that he wouldn't change. So she was like, she really prided herself on like accepting him for who he was, I think. And then I'm sure down the line, like, the excitement, the reason they lasted nine years instead of like three or four years is like the excitement that she brought to him was that she was smarter and cooler and better than him. And like, he was always like, okay, I can't control her. So that's like an exciting part of this. And like now with Raquel, I think it's, he's excited because they're, they were cheating and it was secretive. And like Raquel probably is so fucking dumb and like manip- easily manipulated that she was able she fit right into what he wanted like she got some like gross joy out of being this third to the toms and i think it was like she's very much like a pick me girl she wasn't getting along with the other girls so i think it's like she molded and, and she like doesn't know who she is because of this pageant thing so she just like molded into who they wanted her to be and i think tom combined with tom sandoval combined with the secrecy of it all like really liked that part where he was like oh i can manipulate someone again or i can be in control of someone again that's really cool and fun and raquel took that as oh he likes me like no babe he likes the version of you that like is submissive to him and is easily manipulated by him and the shorts of it all, I can't even, I can't even. <laughs> like, one of the sickest things I've ever seen on this show is Raquel saying, what, Terry, to Katie's mom. You better fucking check yourself. Don't speak like that to anyone's mother, ever. Sure. Does Terry need to be I mean, no, I don't even care. Let Terry do whatever the fuck she wants. She's doing it on behalf of Katie and Katie needs someone to defend her and be on her side because Tom Sandoval is so dismissive of Lala and like so is Tom Schwartz. They're both gross to her. So anything she says, like they don't really care. Anything Katie says, they don't care, which is so annoying. I am living, living for the vindication of Katie Maloney. Like she was with this like dopey low-key like incompetent no that's mean um just like this guy who did not ever defend her in front of people in fact often went against her and like seeing them outside in the sir alley and him yet again 
defending Raquel over Katie in that moment, like just like it just made me so happy for Katie that she's out of this relationship. Like you don't need that. That is torture. What is redemption? What is what was redeemable about the relationship with Schwartz if he's not defending you ever against anyone? Like it's just it was really hard to watch, and he's just like. He could, he would be so much better off if he had the balls to go even 1% against Sandoval. But I don't know what Sandoval has on him or if it's time, if they just like were young roommates in LA together and they love each other from that and they're boys. And like the fact that Schwartz has said out loud when like Jax was caught cheating with Faith, he was like, I knew nothing about this. But if I did, I would probably still cover for him. Like, what is this? Packed of disgusto barfness that men, these men, honestly, these men in particular, and maybe like men in LA and fuckboys in general, like what is the pack that they have that like they would rather ride for each other forever and like than ever have like a successful relationship with a woman? And I feel like it's like they're using their failed relationships with women as justification for keeping that like strong bond with their guy friends alive. They're like, oh, women come and go, like whatever, but bros are forever. It's like, dude, maybe if you had less bro time and like you sucked less of Sandoval's dick, like maybe you, your marriage, you would not be divorced. Like there's just, I don't know what the um miss what am i looking for what word fuck um i don't know what the what the disconnect is there like those seem like easy things to put together but these men are so stupid um james kennedy i'm loving this season he's obviously problematic and has weird things going on but he's fucking hilarious i think it's the british dry humor and when him and lala get together it's just like everything and more um I'm loving Allie. The fact that she was the whistleblower on Sandoval and Raquel at the Abbey at 1 a.m., like, chef's kiss, give me more. She seems so level-headed. Maybe it's because she's an astrology girly, and so am I. But she's my girl, and I'm so happy that she's, like, reading this whole group for filth. She's like, you guys are all fucking weird. You should not be sleeping with each other and being so complicated because that's so unnecessary. I hate Raquel. I don't know. I don't know why that just popped into my mind, but she is so low down. The conversation that she had with Ariana, both at the campfire when she was like, when Ariana's like calling her a good role model, like why for some reason Ariana is writing, was writing so hard for Raquel. Don't know what she saw in her. She's so much smarter than her. It's not even funny. Like maybe she, I wonder if deep down there was any sort of inkling of like, oh, Tom really likes her. So like, I need to really like her. Oh my God. Um, so I need to really like, she's okay. So I'm just going to really like her too. So that none of this gets uncomfortable for me. And I don't have to like tell Tom that it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. Or maybe she just thought like Raquel is so dumb and my relationship is so solid and, like, we're just in it, we're gonna be together forever, that, like, there's no chance, there's zero thought in her mind that this would ever happen, which I'm sure that was probably the case. But, like, the conversation when Raquel is talking to Ariana about her sex life with Tom Sandoval, like, are you fucking kidding? I... She was basically gauging and potentially encouraging, like, gauging whether Ariana was in a was at all entertaining the idea of a breakup with Tom Sandoval and encouraging like she was like yeah James I should have broken up with James two years before because I wasn't sexually attracted to him like girl this is not the same and the fact that that didn't that Ariana I mean I think I saw it in her face she was a little bit like what are you talking about? Like, there's no breakup impending. Like, we're going to talk about it and we're going to work it out. Like, it's going to be fine. And just like watching her, watching Ariana open up about her insecurities in sexual capacities, which is one of the most like intimate forms of vulnerability that you can show someone else. Like, watching her give that to Raquel. And then you can see Raquel, like, she starts crying because I'm sure she's like, 
I mean, I don't know if she has this capacity for like empathy, but I'm sure she was like, oh my God, like this is my, this is a fellow girl going through it. But like, I'm fucking her boyfriend, her boyfriend of nine years. Like, I I don't know how in your right mind you can have this conversation with someone who's, man, you are literally fucking. But it's totally possible and likely true that like I bet Tom Sandoval and Raquel were kind of like tag teaming Ariana in Sandoval was coming at her with like these issues in their relationship that like oh all of a sudden are big issues big enough issues to break up like she doesn't buy toilet paper and paper towels like okay, that's something you can work on. But no, in this case, it's like a reason we need to break up or she finds you annoying. So that's a reason we need to break up. Like he was coming at her and frankly coming at us with these reasons on camera of like, look here, like it's not as good as everyone thinks it is. Like there are cracks, there are problems, big enough problems that I think we maybe need to talk about breaking up. And then Raquel is coming at her from the other side saying like, oh, like you've told me about your intimacy problems before. Like maybe, maybe this isn't the relationship for you. And like, obviously we have hindsight and we would probably definitely not think anything of it. Just like the producers didn't think anything of it at the time. But like, I do wonder if there's any part of Ariana that almost was like, why are these two people? But no, no, she didn't. They're your boyfriend and you're one of your best friends. Like you don't think that you think that they both have like your best interest and like a good interest at all for you. Like, it's just so sad. I, I, my mouth, my jaw was like on the floor during that scene. I thought it was so disgusting. The Raquel talking to Ariana about her sex life with Tom as she's literally having sex with him and like saying like, you should want to have, you should want to have sex with your partner. Like you should, but your partner might not want to be having sex because he's having an affair. Like you like I wish there was a version of Vanderpump Rules where it was like you could fill in the blank after shit that they say like like maybe you're not being intimate because you're not feeling emotionally connected to each other and also because he's fucking me like can you imagine no I don't know anyway we're getting the reunion in two weeks after the finale which I can't fucking wait for the finale that scene or that um screen grab photo whatever like freeze frame where ariana is like screaming at tom the fact that we got to see that footage and the what really happens is she screams at him and he screams back like when i tell you i had a visceral reaction to that like do not fucking scream at our girl when you've just done this like i just I can't. I'm so glad the plan didn't unfold the way he wanted it to. He thought that they were going to lay this groundwork that him and Ariana were going to quietly break up and that he could frame it as he and Raquel comforting Raquel comforting him after the breakup and then falling in love. Like, no, bitch, you were having a seven-month-long affair. You didn't have the balls to break up with your girlfriend of nine years, and you're scum. Like, that's that, and now you're going to have to fucking answer for it. And I am literally salivating at the part in the reunion where Schwartz says that he knew about it since the end of August, which means he knew about it before the camping trip, before Lala's birthday, like where he was making all those little inside jokes of creepiness about how Raquel sleeps with people's boyfriends. Like they all knew they were all in on this joke together. And like now watching it back is so disgusting because you can see Tom Sandoval's little shit eating smirk because he knows that Schwartz knows. And he, I mean, I hope to God that there was 5% of nervousness that maybe Schwartz would spill, even though like he knows Schwartz would never, ever like betray him, which is fucking like blood brother weirdo shit. But the part in the reunion where Schwartz says he's known since end of August and Sandoval goes, end of August? No. And like, you can just tell it's like, at the bare minimum when you're going to lie about shit and 
like lie about it with other people, bring other people into your disgusting lies and manipulation, at least, at least get the big timeline markers down together. Like at least right before the reunion, say to Schwartz, okay, you know, like the biggest thing that we have to hold on to is that you didn't know until a month ago or September or whatever, which is just also like, yeah, just wild. I don't know. I can't wait for them to get like caught in all of their lies and for it to break down and just everything to go fucking haywire. And yeah, for Ariana and Katie both to be vindicated. That was like 20, 20 minutes of Vanderpump, but I think it'll be worth it. If this episode doesn't publish, just like goodbye. I'm never talking to anyone again. Next, I want to talk about the Kardashians season three trailer that dropped. It appears that the most prevalent story or the biggest story that we have this season, which is like, LOL, remember when Kim asked on Twitter, what do people want to see in season three? And people said like funny stuff, like, I don't know, Courtney going to like a fructose, corn syrup, fructose factory. And I don't know, like eating sugar, whatever. Those were all funny. But like, honestly, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to say in their heart of hearts, like, I want to know what the fuck is going on between you and Courtney because something seems off. And for all of us who felt that and maybe didn't want to say it because like, oh, that's kind of a tired old story. Like, I want that information and I'm so glad we're getting it. And I just... Like, this is deep. This goes far back. Like, sister, their sisterly relationship, I'm sure when they were younger, was contentious and weird. I mean, I don't want to, like, assume or allege or whatever, anything. But just from my gathering after watching them for 20 seasons, following them incessantly, like, I think that Courtney really struggled with Chris's affair on Robert Sr. I think that was like a major thing where Courtney hated Chris for a while. And we have that information. Like we know that that's true, that she has had a rough relationship with Chris. She's had a lot of resentment over the years. And I think the way that Kim is now with Chris I'm sure is emblematic of the way she's always been. She seems really protective of Chris. They seem really close. And I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I think there might be resentment there, like deep resentment of Courtney to Kim for potentially the way that she defended or continued to love their mom, Chris, through the affair. And I don't know if they've ever processed that together. I don't know, or individually, whatever. And I'm not saying that's the whole route, but I think that's probably a start of their contention. And then as time went on, there was a lot of jealousy involved where Kim went off on her own to do all these ventures. And Courtney wasn't necessarily mad about it. It was more, honestly, Chloe was mad about it, which I forgot about. But then as time went on and leading up to the fight between them, the physical fight, like I think it was that – I think there was resentment. I think Courtney doesn't – she said it. She doesn't prioritize work or she does it now. Now that she's had children, like whatever. She's let us exploit her life on TV for a really long time for entertainment purposes. She aired out everything with Scott. She was open about – a lot. She like showed a lot and maybe realized over time that she didn't want to show that much anymore. And like, I was mad about it because I'm a viewer, but that's so, that's such an unrealistic and unfair and mean like expectation to have of somebody to like share their entire life when they don't want to. But I was going to say before, like her desire or lack thereof to work, I think she has a lot of resentment for Kim because Courtney did work. Courtney had these businesses, Smooch and Dash, that she was really invested in. And I think over time, 
with Kim's trajectory into working really hard at being this more luxury and like elevated brand. Like I think obviously Courtney wants that and likes that and likes the money and likes the design aspect of them being so rich and successful. But I also think there's probably part of her that like thinks that honest brick and mortar work is like honorable and valuable and like the fact that they had to shut down dash and like i don't know not that she would have wanted to keep dash open forever but like just i feel like the type of work maybe that she wants to do she sees as more valuable like poosh even is like lifestyle recommendations and like articles with experts and like shit like that like i feel like courtney maybe values like the the work of learning and like bettering yourself as like she values that higher than the work of like grind photo shoots getting yourself out there presenting yourself as whatever like I feel like Courtney really feels like a lot of Kim's life and work is kind of inauthentic and I don't know that Kim would disagree like I think Kim prides herself often on like being able to put on a face like even if she's sick like she can go to work and do whatever and like I really feel like Courtney is someone who's like if I'm sick I'm sick I'm staying home and I'm taking care of me like she's very much about the self and then I think Kim is like more about the public and I think Courtney despises that low-key sometimes about Kim and in the trailer the sort of catalyst for them digging in and addressing this kind of like disconnect between Kim and Courtney is that Kim seemingly utilized Courtney's wedding to Travis in Italy as a work opportunity and a promotional event for her partnership with Dolce and Gabbana, which Kim walked in the Dolce and Gabbana show in September of 2022. So that means based on contract timelines and like other logistical things that like probably in May there were talks going on at least if not already a signed contract which I'm sure there was a signed contract and there was also apparently this deal where during Kim Courtney's wedding Kim was doing like Dolce & Gabbana promotional shoots in the streets like her street style and the paparazzi photos and video from uh, being in Italy were used in this campaign, I think, for Dolce and Gabbana. And I feel like Kim's saying, like, I tried to be so respectful. I didn't interfere with anything at all. And like Courtney, I think, is saying, like, I just wanted you to be there, like, as my sister and as like a guest at my wedding and not like on a work trip. And like, I don't know. I get Courtney. Like, that's not that much to ask for. I just, I don't know. I think I'm leaning more towards Courtney's side as of late, which is like hard to do and shocking because like I am truly over the PDA, the cringe of it, of her and Travis's relationship. Like I think it's fine and I think they're happy and like, but it's just like at a certain point you've really lost touch with reality and like need to come back down to normal people world. Like, just I, I'll always think about that one scene where they're like straddling each other at the real estate, um, like looking for a house together. And it's like the real estate guy is like standing there, doesn't know what to do with himself. It's like, just be fucking normal for one second. I don't know. And I don't know if that bothers the rest of the siblings or not. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Chloe and Lamar were really like PDA and intimate like that, but like they like toned it down in front of other people and like kept it on lock for sure. And just, I feel like Courtney and Travis, they think it's like, oh, like we just don't have a care in the world for other people and you'll never understand unless you find a love like this. And it's like, okay, but like you can have a care in the world. Like you can care what other, how other people feel and whether you're making them uncomfortable. Like I think that's fine. I don't know. Uh, anyway, what else is going on? Um, not what else is going on, but what else happened? Uh, people are saying Chris is on Ozempic, which I totally see, but like, honestly, she's always really struggled. I'm not saying I advocate for it. If you struggle with body image, like I think 
we should so much more go in the direction of like love your body and like appreciate what you have and like figure out body positivity in a way that's like good for all of us. Yeah, I don't even know. But it's also like we live in a world where there's so much pressure and negativity around the body. So it's not crazy to me that someone would go in the direction of an Ozempic vibe. But what else? Oh, Kylie in the trailer saying that she doesn't want her daughter to ever like do any of the things that she did and that potentially she regrets getting everything that she's had done. I do wonder if they'll say what she's had done. Like, are they going to admit finally to getting their asses done? Like, I hope so. I hope so. Like, because in this, they're talking about like, or Kylie says like, we need to have a serious conversation about how we've affected and contributed to body standards. And like, does that come then with like admitting everything that they've done to potentially trick young women into thinking that it's possible to have a body with a teeny tiny waist and a huge ass and like perfect perky boobs? Like, I don't know. Or are they just going to touch on it generally? I don't know. I love Kylie. Like, I'm really feeling close to her. And, like, she's the most normal, even though she's, like, a billionaire and not normal at all. But, yeah, she's just cool. A cool vibe. Um, I was going to get into the Met Gala, which I have done on all five or six, whatever we're calling it, previous episodes that I've recorded. But I just, like, it's too far back now. I can't go back. I can't, like give the reviews again. But yeah, I don't know. I think my best dress, if I can remember, were Dua Lipa, uh, I think Cardi B, Tiana Taylor. I loved Bad Bunny. I liked Doja. I liked Billie Eilish, Gigi Hadid. Um, And then there were a bunch of randoms that I thought did a really, really good job. (sighs) Oh, Young Mommy was also up there who attended with Diddy, P. Diddy, who they've they've been rumored to be dating, but they've denied dating rumors, which either way, it's like, it's kind of cool that they showed up together. Yeah. I thought it was a good red carpet, a little subdued, if I am being honest, a lot of black and white, a lot of beige. Oh my God. Lil Nas X in that sparkly number. (laughs) Would you even call it a number? And then Emma Chamberlain, um, interviewing Doja Cat made my whole, my whole life. It did. But yeah. Okay. It's been almost an hour and yeah. Thank you guys for listening and being a part of this. I appreciate all your love and happiness and good vibes. I'm so glad we're out of Mercury retrograde. It's over literally yesterday. So book that trip, make those plans, spend that money. And yeah, I hope you have a great week and weekend and I love you so much. Thank you for listening.